Greetings, everyone, and welcome to the 121st edition of Cinema Effect. I'm Zach, and I'm joined by the amazing Spider-Man Defense Force, Jaden. Hello. Hey, and we've got over here Cena, a.k.a. Fitzy, a.k.a. Lem. Hey. Let's do it, ladies and gentlemen. This is Cinema Effect, the podcast where we review and talk about a different movie every single Monday, and this week, that movie is Ocean's 12, which opened in the US on the 10th of December, 2004. It was directed by Steven Soderbergh. It is a crime thriller, and the synopsis says, Daniel Ocean, they call him Daniel, wow, very formal, uh, recruits one more team member so he can pull off three major European heists in this sequel to Ocean's Eleven. Wow, none of that rang a bell. They pulled off three heists in this movie? Really? Like, so, like, I think they count the Amsterdam heists. They count the the, the palace, like, like, not the palace, like, stealing the art pieces. And then stealing the egg. They're the three heists. They can't steal any art pieces? I think that's what it is. We don't even really see that though, right? Yeah. That's not a sequence in the film. That's no, nah, I'm not I'm not a fan of that. I'm not a fan of that. Yeah. Alright. Alright. We're in a unique position here. None of us have seen this film, so that's exciting. I'll start with Fitzy. What did you think of Oceans Twelve? Um, I loved it. I thought it was hilarious i thought it was like um it was like totally ridiculous and pretty like self-aware but i thought it was like a great just comedy i guess and i do like some of the i don't know highest like choreography or whatever as well so yeah i really loved it wow okay okay Mm. i um i didn't really like it but i feel like i have overlap in that like the parts I liked most were I laughed a fair bit. Like I did find the comedic scenes pretty solid. Um, but the second this movie gets into plot, it's just nonsense. I just can't with it. I really could not get into it from a story perspective, character perspective at all. Um, but yeah, no, like I, I especially mainly for me, like the first 30 minutes I did enjoy. Um, so yeah, Jaden, where are you at? Yeah, I thought it was great. Um, Whoa. Oh my God. Way better than the first one. Um, I'm I, I like I definitely at in between between you two because like the plot isn't much and it feels like the whole just calling it three highs it's on its own is a fucking oh it's just <laughs> but it is endlessly entertaining um I loved every like fucking second of it um pretty much uh yeah it was great even Julia Roberts she was bearable you know as Julia Roberts oh my god yeah can we do a twenty minute breakdown of that whole thing. Oh yeah, Bruce Willis was there. You should love it. Yeah, Bruce Willis was there. Yeah. I, I I don't know how I feel about. No, actually, I know how I feel about it. I hate it. I hate Julia Roberts playing herself. I just I, I it's so distracting and it's it makes no no sense. And I get that's the point. I just can't with it. You know, I don't know. It's so it's so weird. It's just like it makes no sense. Like in universe, Julia huh. Roberts is meant to exist as well. Yeah. It's just so I can't. It, it breaks. It breaks like any suspension of disbelief I have when I watch films. Like I just, it really messes with my entire internal logic. To be honest, I mean, there's so much about this movie that doesn't make sense. So, like, so oh, many God, random yeah. interjections and shit, and like the relationships and motives are like all over the place. You know, Matt Damon's mom turns up to save him. Um, I'm so confused by that. Um, the what's the old guy? The old like thief guy. So like his relationship with oh uh, Lamar. Oh yeah, Lamar. Oh, like, sorry. Lamar's relationship with like Vincent Cassell is kind of. I don't understand that either. 
like why he betrays him and I mean yeah the other yeah the film's like not it doesn't have like much yeah attention to detail or anything like it's not very consistent at all but yeah I don't think they cared at all I mean the, the Julia Roberts thing is like the prime example of that like right right <laughs> right, right, right. the film yeah 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 no that, that that makes a ton of sense I don't, like I was just I mean it's inherently a bit weird and confusing obviously but like I was even more confused when didn't Bruce Willis call her like she Bruce Willis thought it was Julia Roberts but then didn't he didn't he say where's Danny? Yeah. That messed me up so much. I had to Always think about Danny, that for 10 yeah. minutes. He's like where's Danny? I'm like what? Yeah, I thought it was in it for a second as well. What the fuck? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I was, yeah, I thought oh yeah, no, he's friends with Tess and then he's going a lot but no. It was so bizarre. I couldn't even. Oh my god! I need. I needed like a video essay about just that component alone. It was so weird. Um, but I mean, no. I mean, Bruce Willis was fun. I guess like him being there just in itself is cool. So like, I can get behind that. But uh, did you like it, Jen? Did you think it was funny? Well, Bruce being there, yeah. Oh, but and just the whole Julia thing, that whole scene. Oh, I mean, like, uh, like I I don't know the whole the whole scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I did. I did. I'm not okay. going to talk shit. Yeah, I know. Okay. I was okay. going to talk shit, but I'm like, uh, I, I've I've talked enough shit about her. I'm, I'm, uh, you know, just, just... Oh, I'm I'm so down to keep doing it, bro. <laughs> we can do it next month too. Oh, the yeah, goddamn, yeah. the goddamn. Uh, I must admit, the best part about it for me was in the credits when um, it came up and it said, "Introducing Tess as Julia Roberts." That was pretty funny. Hmm. I'll give him the credit for fun for fun credits, but uh. Yeah, it was uh, it was kind of confusing. But my, I think we're all going to agree on this. Like my favorite component of the film was the first act, but particularly like the whole seeing them, the introduction of the plot, Andy Garcia coming around to visit them all, and sort of seeing what they all did with their money and where they are now, and um, him interjecting himself into that. I, I found all of that really good, like really charming. Him, yeah. it cracked me up so much how he just kept walking into every scene and just poking everyone with his walking stick for no reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He just kept hitting people with his stick. I'm like, dude, watch out, bro. <laughs> it's unbelievable. No, that shit, that shit was really good, especially, I don't know his name, but the dorky guy, like, doing the stand-up, you know, all that sort of stuff. Hmm. They're all, like, funny scenes. But, yeah, he's, like, an evil villain kind of character is like all dressed in all like dark clothing and stuff in his glasses yeah it's yeah, very like yeah. campy i guess yeah 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 totally it, it, even like in a way he almost to me felt like a different character than the previous film but not in like a not in a bad way like he, he it felt yeah i totally agree it felt like he was leading into a level of camp that he never like I, I took him seriously in the previous film i didn't really take him seriously this time but it wasn't mm. really an issue um I, I just like andy garcia so he was fun but what? Oh, what are some other one of those examples that I really liked? I can't remember. There was another one for sure. Chinese like, goes yeah. in the big mansion. Oh, that was kind of cool. Yeah. The, uh, the the twins' wedding, like rehearsal. The twins. No, yeah. that was the one I missed. Yeah, yeah, for sure. That was great. That was great. I really enjoyed that. I mean, was this? It was a. Th- I feel like it was a thing in the last film, but I don't recall the. It's sticking out to me, or maybe it didn't lean into it as much, but everyone understanding the Chinese guy. Oh. Like, yeah. everyone just understands what he's saying and responds to him. I think it was, like, 
the opposite in the last one. Was I think, it? I think it? didn't only one of them understanding. Um, didn't only I think only one of them did like get what he was saying in the in both films or the first one in the in the first one. Oh, okay. But everyone got him this time, right? Yeah, I, I think like there was like there was like a lot of assumed kind of yeah like. I found that enjoyable. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, Fitzy brought up the same way. He's like talking to his unknown girlfriend, whoever it is, and like, yeah, he's, they're just both speaking different languages. But she's like arguing with them. It's pretty funny. I do agree with that. I don't really understand why it took Andy Garcia three years to find these people, but I feel like the the plot's so convoluted that I definitely might have dismissed something. Well, he wasn't gonna find them. Like they were, they were, they were well hidden. It's just, they only, he only found them because Vincent Cassell told him. Oh, that's right. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. At the start, I was confused by that because you know how he rocks up to George Clooney's house with the same two bodyguard dudes from the end of the first film. Yeah. And it, my head, like, and in that moment when that happened, I was like, "Wow, these two, <laughs> these two terrible bodyguards took them three years to find this goddamn house. <laughs> They've been just on the case for that long." But. Makes way more sense. Oh, they, 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 they were completely useless, actually. At the end of the first film, they were following them in their car, and then I guess they proceeded to just stop following them at some point and just, like, lost track, you know. Useless. Terrible. They went to Marcus, had a break, and lost them. Yeah. <laughs> exactly on their tails. Like, oh, we can pull over and get a thick shake right now. Do you want to do that? Yeah, sure. Yeah. That's good. That's good. But then I, I, I really just enjoyed everything then. Where the group gets back together, they debate about what their name is, and they discuss how much money they owe or how much, how much money they spent. That was all really good, good uh, chemistry there between them all. George Clooney having a good time. Wait, so there was that guy, like the the stand up guy, the kind of awkward stand up guy. Did you say he lost all his money on the interest, so that money just like dissipated? Because he, he, he said he was like he said he was like staying at home with his parents. Oh no, he, he he didn't spend any. He he just yeah yeah that's right. Just 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 saved everything. Just he's yeah. Money. Well, that's what I'm saying because he said he was down because of interest. Because he asked like, "What does interest do?" And she, someone said like one million a year or something. And then he would then he said something like, "I'm down seven or something or not, so I'm at seven or something like that." Right, right, right. I just want to hop on it early because I'll probably figure it out later. But Thanks, you know, like last week we we're talking about like, and I you know, spoiled it for you about like how there's going to be a, re- a returning, like there's an old enemy becomes a friend in the third one. Is that going to be oh, Vincent yeah. Cassell now? Because I thought it was just going to be Andy Garcia because that was the only kind of villain we were introduced to. Oh, good but point. It, it's probably going to be Vincent Cassell like joining up with them, right? Mm, yeah, I don't see Andy Garcia joining up with them. I don't really see how that makes any sense. Yeah. But I mean, hey, nothing makes any sense in this franchise, so why not? Like, I guess that could happen. Yeah, that's good mm-hmm. actually. That's a good theory. Everyone put, put a, what do you call it? Put a pin in that until next month for sure. How do we feel about Vincent Cassell? I just like watching him on screen. I don't yeah. know. I wish he was in the film more, I think, is just my main takeaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, th- yeah I thought it was great. Yeah. The whole, yeah. um, whole Foon origin sequence. That's fantastic. The what origin sequence? Foon. You know, you know Foon from CSGO. Huh? What are you saying? No. You never watched B Hop videos back in the day? No. Okay. You're actually speaking of the language. In that sequence where Vincent Cassell is navigating the laser grid, right? They play they yeah. play a song. It's called like Lumma Tune or some shit like that. Um but that song is um 
it later became uh, appropriated in for CSGO B hop yeah, videos, and like it became popular by this guy called Foon. You know? Right. Like basketball has Kobe, you know. Soccer has Ronaldo. CSGO B hopping has Foon. And um. Okay. Okay. It's like yeah. It's like like I never knew that like that song is from this movie. So like that was insane to see. Right. I see. <laughs> oh, that's fun. That's cool. That's yeah. cool. I do have some trivia about that, actually. Uh, Vincent Cassell did not need a stuntman for the laser dance. He's an expert in, I don't know, God, help me, uh, capoeira. Look it up. It's a Brazilian dance like martial art and performed the, indi- the entire sequence himself, which is wild. And then I was going to delete this second sentence, but it says, the lasers, however, were added in post, which is uh, oh. really upsetting. Really upsetting. I, I love, love the idea of. Scene, I think it's amazing. Yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. Totally. I love the idea of being like a visual effects artist and just like you've just got this footage of this guy like dancing <laughs> around then you just have to paint all the lasers so they never hit him. <laughs> That's basically what you're doing. But yeah, no, I totally agree. It was a really good scene. And God, Jan, I hope you're right. I hope it's him in the third one. I just need mm. more of him. I think my main thing was I just wish I needed the plot to be really pared down in this. It was it was hard for me. I, I I would have liked. I really liked the conversation he has with George Clooney the first time, and I would have just really enjoyed if. And I guess in a way it is this, but I wish it were like much simpler. Like I would have loved if the whole plot was literally just Vincent Cassell is this amazing thief over in Italy, and he's done all these amazing things, and he he hears about the Bellagio heist. And he like challenges Danny Ocean to like a you know a comp like you know let's let's do this let's see who's the best thief and that's the whole movie and they put together their separate teams and that's it and I, I'd I'd be really into that I don't know it just sort of got all muddled along the way with the extra stuff but I mean well, he doesn't great. need a team because he's you know true the black <laughs> how about that it's literally it's Ocean's he, Ocean gets twelve dudes and he's just him by himself. Hmm. That'd be even. That'd be awesome. And they have to like, yeah. They to, he's like thwarting it. They're doing the same heist at the same time. Oh, that's great! Write that movie. Come on. That was the movie. What do you mean? They yeah, that, that is what the movie time. is. Just the two extra steps. <laughs> not really. I mean, they're not doing the same thing at once. It just sort of keeps. It just. It just. You know what I mean? It just keeps putting layers on top of twists and stuff. Like it's not really. Like there's nothing. At, there's no sequence in this movie. I feel like where like the first one. Where it's like a dynamic, ongoing, high sequence. Yeah, where you I, sort of because it cuts, it goes back and then it goes forth, and the scenes and the, and the, the sequences are never that impressive or long. It's just sort of a bit. I don't know. It fizzles out. I think. Yeah, for sure. I, I don't think any of like the set pieces were very impressive at all. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Other Except than, the dance. Other, yeah, other than the dance. I thought the the whole like lifting the city up, like in that, like when uh you when Yen went underwater was. Do you, what? Does he go underwater? The fuck? Yeah, I remember like when they when they're in that little I don't know it was like a submarine or something, some kind of boat ship, and Yen goes like under. I yeah, I guess he goes under the city. I don't know. And they're like lifting the city up. That was pretty cool. Yeah, but it's, I don't know. It's I feel like I'm just sort of told they did it. Like, I know there's that scene where they, they go under the under the water and they're, like, prepping it and stuff. 
But then after that, I'm just sort of told that they did that. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's not really a sequence that, you, that unfolds before your eyes. Like, it's a sort of, all right. All right. You know. Yeah, that's more how I feel. It's a cool idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool idea. Like, that, that that's actually the perfect example, that particular one there of the, the house. Uh, what, what's the, what's it called when the, you don't leave your house? I can't remember. Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Like, th- th- that whole sequence with that particular aspect of the heist like that's the perfect example of that could have been really cool but instead it's sort of just it's just told through like a couple of flashback scenes and like the um the the i don't know brad pitt's ex-girlfriend like sort of just walking through and like figuring it out it's a bit boring i don't know she does a lot of assuming as well which isn't really good detective work (laughs) she really does actually yeah i don't know that particular aspect of the film like yeah. Huh. Oh, say what you want to say about it. I'm, I'm, I, I'm unsure at the moment about it. To be honest, I'm a bit iffy. Well, like, I, I get what you like. Want like you want like a more traditional like heist, like montage kind of thing, or like not montage, but like an actual like set piece um, sequence. You know, that's not told just in flashbacks. But I feel like, like this movie, the whole movie is like exposition. The whole movie is like like that, like the. Yeah, like the the highest are told in like three different, you know, time at three different times, and that kind of like, yeah, it's never like fully linear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it just, I mean, first of all, it just convolutes it in my opinion. But then also, I don't know, it just never. Even if it, I mean, it can be confusing, but it's never like it doesn't really feel like it has a forward momentum that's exciting either way. I don't know. I did really like, I really like, is that a stretch? I don't know. Like, I'll say this. The Brad Pitt romantic element is a step up from the first film and from um, George Clooney and Julia Robertson, their weird thing. Like, this time, like, I don't know, I feel like adding the added layer of sort of why they broke up in the first place and the whole missing dad element, like it added something else to it that I believed and I feel like they had pretty good chemistry on screen, they had a few good scenes. So I kind of enjoyed that. I mean, I really enjoyed like the the opening scene in Rome was fun, where Brad Pitt realizes that he jumps out the window, and they freeze mm. frame. That was fun. So like, Bro. I know I, I give them props for that. Yeah, every scene is fun though. That's the thing. Like everything, every scene has some like little fun, you know, little thing about it. That's what. Yeah, that's what's so great. A lot. Of, yeah, a lot. A lot of scenes do for sure. I mean, I can save my. There's a lot of freeze frames. You know, Soderbergh loves these freeze frames. I feel like the one on uh, the one on Brad Pitt's uh, face was interesting. You know, very stylistically engaging. I or I wrote down, and this might be the worst final shot of all time in a film, and I just I can't remember it now. But you know, it's probably oh, speaking last, to that. The last shot is amazing. Last shot is amazing. What is it? I you can't remember. Cinema. It's just the they're just having fun. It's just the. Uh... Catherine Zeta Jones laughing, pretty much. It's amazing. It's oh, funny. that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they they're holding that. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Just admit that. you don't like cinema and go, you know. I don't like Soderbergh cinema. I'll definitely say that. I'll definitely say that. I just want to kind of tie up the plot discussion. Sorry, just no. Please do. Yeah. Um, that what we're talking about is just with the kind of like we start. We see the start of the of the lifting of the house, but then we're told of the rest of it. 
it happens again in the most egregious way for the final heist for the Fabergé egg. And it's just so that there is just nothing in that part, you know, because like we just see like oh, this, we just see like totally. this, the, the the third part of the play, which is a stumbling around trying to do it. But then we're we're told that it's been an act for the past fifty minutes, and that's very that's a very unsatisfying thing, just as a viewer to be like, oh, that's kind of shit. Um, it's just it's just it's just a great like I don't know device of um. And then, yeah, like, uh, th- th- yeah, this this device of starting and then just, you know, kind of cutting it short and then just revealing the rest to us through spoken word is kind of. But that's that's when they, for, for me, I think that's when they, um, they reveal like the egg was the the egg that Vincent stole was a replica, mm. and they just tell me that. I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah, no, totally, I totally agree with that. Oh, speaking of, sorry, I will go back to Soderbergh Cinema for a second. I, I officially wanted to say that I hate, I hate cuts when the frame, the position of the frame hasn't changed, if that makes sense. So you know how the film does it where it does it in the scene where George Clooney is um, talking to the banker at the start. And I mean, this can be done effectively, not in this movie where he's like talking and it just, it sort of cuts to him like clearly just, I don't know, like a minute later or something. And he's like, his face slightly changes position. And then it cuts again. I just can't stand it. I hate oh, it. Oh, I like that shit. Do you? Yeah. Oh, okay. Cool. I feel like I don't know. I feel like I need to zoom in or something. Uh, I think as a comedic device, just like to, it, it kind of conveys like an unwanted amount of time, just really like like really like concisely, like you know, like when you're having a conversation with someone and they just keep on fucking talking, like oh no, that's true actually. So like it's like like, <laughs> like whenever I see <laughs> no, this, no, I is. kind of see it as like just like kind of depicting that on screen but obviously you can't have someone talking forever so you just do those cuts and i think it shows it really well i love when they do that right like yeah yeah he's like engaged and then you cut and he's sort of like losing it and then you cut like you sort of see him losing engagement in the conversation yeah that's actually that's actually a good point i mean i think it can be done well um i mean that's a good example and then also like i don't know when you do it with like characters walking into a distance or walking towards the camera or something that can be okay but i think this film does it a few times though i wasn't it stood out to me Sorry, rant over, rant over. Um, am I right in saying that everything with Matt Damon is like very funny? Oh yeah, it's really good. Linus is a loser, okay, and I love it. I love it so much. That whole conversation he has with Brad Pitt on the plane is very funny, and uh, mm. yeah. that was a great example. When he, when he sits down and turns around and gives him like the thumbs up. He's like, yeah. 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 Dude, that guy's a loser, man. It's great. I love it. Oh, and then the scene with Hagrid in the bar is terrific as well, of course. Yeah. Oh, that's like, yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was a good scene too. You called his niece a whore and she's seven. Mm. Bradford just like makes fun of him the whole movie. It's, he totally it's does. Yeah. It is great. I totally agree with that. I had some trivia here. Okay. Let's make it a bit of a game. Why not? There's a funny scene, of course, at the train station where George Clooney is like, do I look 50? Oh, yeah. And Don Cheadle, or the, I forgot who it was first, and then Don Cheadle's like, oh, I mean, like from the shoulders up or whatever he says. I want you guys to guess how old George Clooney was at the time. 42. Mm, I'd say 38. Wow. 
Jaden definitely looked at the trivia before. I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, George Clooney was 42 at the time of filming that scene, which I don't know. It's like this complicated gray area, no pun intended, where <laughs> like he he definitely looks older than 42 in my opinion, but it's not like an insult because, you know, he's, he's no doubt a handsome person. I mean, but he, he looks looked- older than 42. He looked that way for like another fifteen years, and like he still looks totally. right now. I mean, like a hundred percent, hundred percent. Nuts. It's weird. It's weird. Yeah. What? So he's probably. Oh my god, he's like sixty-two now, probably. I think About he was that. born 61. in. What was it? Hold on, because I, I had to look forty-two. I can't do quick math. He was born in like sixty-two, right? I don't know. That makes him sixty. Yeah. Well, that would make yeah. him. It makes him sixty. Yeah. 60, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bang on. Yeah. yeah. Wow. God. Good for him. Good for George, man. I feel like I haven't done justice to the charm that this film exudes for you, Fitzy. Are there any other sort of standout scenes that we haven't touched about or characters that sort of represent that? Oh, I think, like, the conversations between Brad Pitt and Danny, Brad Pitt and George Clooney are, I don't know, they're just better in this one. Like, the first one played on, they played too much on the kind of, like, um, like finishing, finishing each other's sentence thing. And this one, they basically, like, don't listen to each other. I think it's just funnier. Like when they're at the bridge or whatever. Um, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, like Danny's like literally just talking about his whole life, and he just walks away, you know. Um, yeah. And then when they're like, you know, in, in each other's hotel room and stuff. I don't have they been in any other films together? Not that I know of, but it's a good uh, it's a good team. I don't know. Mm. What is the maybe in the spirit of this week's question? Maybe we should save it. No, let's not save it. Let's do it now. What is the best location in the film? Because it's Amsterdam. Sorry, spoilers. But uh, what's the best European city for an action? Well, this film doesn't really have any. That's actually the ironic thing about the question now is that I realise this film doesn't really mm. have any action sequences. <laughs> I sort of just took for granted it would. But I mean, if you count, Vincent Cassell, you know. Doing dancing. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I... I don't, but I sort of I can maybe accept it. Let me let me let me just I think I th- I, th- I think I've got it, but I just 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 need some confirmation. So did Danny and 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 Rusty call Matt Damon's mum like way before anything happened and told her that this is the plan, like everyone's going to get trapped, or did she just rock up on her own volition because she saw that her son's been fucking taken into prison? Like, what was the plan there? No. I don't, I don't think the movie explains that at all. Like she just like she just turns up, which is hilarious. But yeah, she was recognizable to me too. I don't know what I've seen her in, but yeah, she an actress. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't place it, but yeah, yeah. Oh Jane. my god, Matt Damon acting like a, like a schoolboy in the car. Mm. Like yeah, don't tell dad or whatever. Yeah. His dad's going to be revealed in the in Ocean's Thirteen, right? Like surely, like that's. There was a he oh, was yeah. in this film and he was cut. Oh. Yeah, I can't remember. It was I can't remember who played him. It was in the trivia who played him. I can't remember, but he might be the. Oh, I won't spoil. It. He might be the third one. Yeah. But Jane, dude, don't ask. Do any questions you have about the plot? Oh my god. This I don't know. I don't know. No idea. Well, I, I still don't know what that whole scene on the train was it, this, in the third act when they like, it's meant to be the reveal that, um you know, like the last 50 minutes has been redundant. Like when they start brawling on the train, I don't even understand what that was about. It was so that they can make a switch of bags. 
Yeah, the egg was carried on the train in a bag. Right. The actual egg was carried. Oh, it, w- it was with another dude. Like, yeah. another dude that was on the train at the time. Oh, yeah. okay. I totally missed that. Okay. He literally, he literally says it, Zach. I was pretty. I was pretty disengaged by the time we got to the third act of this film. Not gonna lie, I was pretty. Uh, I was pretty out of it. Okay, this is gonna be another dumbass question. Oh my god, what's her name? Brad Pitt's girlfriend's dad. He's not like. How is he involved in the plot? Like, how does Brad Pitt know him and end up setting that up at the end? You know, because they went to him. Danny, he, and- he was he was the one they went to in that scene where like George and Brad went to him. Yeah. I see. I see. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. That makes sense. Because I don't think you see his face in that scene. I just didn't connect that. Very good. Yeah. That was, what's his name? The French thief. Oh, yeah. Lamarck. What's that? Lamarck. Lamarck. Yeah. 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 I was also just curious. Why do they take uh, Andy Garcia's threat at the start so seriously, you know? Yeah. That's, that's what I was thinking as well. Because like, he has two bodyguards. He doesn't have, like, you know, they're, like, professional, like, runaway. Like, they're professional, like, I don't know, escapers, I guess, you know, yeah. and thieves. Yeah. So, like, there's no reason they probably can't escape, but, yeah. they just That's what I thought. Just like, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah it's still, like, yeah, it's not like law enforcement is involved, you know. I mean, I, I, maybe if they're an explicit threat made or something. Yeah, it was just kind of odd. Like, I... Like Didn't the you second, say he was gonna kill him? did he? I swear he did. I swear that's why they're all scared. He's like, he's like, can, he, fucking, can he do that? I mean, he's got fucking two hundred million dollars from this one, you know, instance alone. I'm sure he can hire a fucking hit squad or some shit. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's fair. I didn't really feel like the, in the. I didn't really feel the threat. I don't know. It was just like, like, I the, the fact that I had the same thought as Fitzy, where like that scene where they're all like, it's a fun scene where they're all chatting about what they're going to do like it was just it felt watching it it just felt odd to me that no one brought up once why don't we just not do this like everyone was just totally like sort of pretty cruisy about oh yeah i guess we got to do this now oh yeah we got to pay mm. that i was sort of like there's no like even if someone raised it and then like it was shut down for some reason i'd be like oh, okay that's fair but hey death is uh, also a pretty good motivator believe it or not those two our bodyguards are pretty ruthless i feel like they'd uh, execute a few people and then and then go to Macca's after that. Yeah, I mean, I like I agree they're not like yeah. It seems weird they all kind of give in to him so easily, but I don't think like yeah, I don't think anything in the movie is like being taken seriously. Almost, you know, there's no threat, there's no like mm-hmm. tension or anything. No, yeah. that's right. And I mean, yeah, actually, I mean, yeah. To be fair, like if that's what it's going for. That's totally fair enough, and like that's very consistent with the first one. So, like, I think this is a core of, like, what I'm looking for here that's just not ever been intended to be here, hmm. which is fair. I think I had some last trivia. Oh, yeah, it was just that, uh, I don't know, just to throw it out there if you're interested. Steven Soderbergh, uh, this is his favourite film he's made, as he feels hmm. it's his best-looking film, and that it has the best score to any one of his films, uh, making it the one he's most comfortable with re-watching. Yeah, and I thought that was interesting. I thought that was interesting. I feel like yeah. the score didn't stand out to me as much as the first one, but maybe it's just me. I don't know. Yeah, I think the score is better here. But I was going to say, like, it's always interesting, like, what directors, like, what what 
they prefer are their own favorites. Yeah. Like I know PT likes his, like says hit the master is his favorite of his films and oh really yeah all right very good I know what Chris thinks is his favorite I don't know I don't probably know whatever his most second. recent one is isn't that kind of his thing you know he doesn't make a movie unless it's gonna be better than the last one yeah that makes sense yeah there you go Chris's favorite film is Tenet confirmed stop it oh suck it all the Tenet haters out there. All right, let's get into our final verdicts for Oceans 12. Fitzy. Slap a 9 out of 10 on it. I think it's, I think it's really, really, really fun. Um, and just, uh, yeah, really fun, really funny, really slick, really cool. So, yeah. Huge, huge, huge. Man. I'll give it a five. I'm happy with that. Jaden, what about you? I'll slap an eight on it. Um, Huge. Yeah, I think I think we I think I maybe maybe understood a bit just how enjoyable this movie is for normal people, not you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe it feels a bit harsh. Like I do, I, I do appreciate the funny scenes. I do, I do. Yeah, well, I've, I've said it now, so I can't take it back, can I? <laughs> Let's get into news chat. Jaden, there's a community movie happening. What? Correct. When did the show finish? 2015. Wow, really? um, From season one, there was this this promise of six seasons in the movie, right? Really? Oh, wow, that's cool. And uh, it it got cancelled after like three seasons, but then I think it was not cancelled, or like it ended, and then it got revived for for another three three seasons. So, you know, we got our six seasons. But we never got the movie, and then it's the only reason that this has been has been talked about so much, and that we're finally like getting like it to the point where like Dan Harmon has said, you know, we've got plans and we've we've got pictures and we've pitched and whatever, is because of like the resurgence of popularity thanks to like Netflix and shit like that. Um, so that's great. Yeah, I don't know how Are you. Get... Sorry, you're right. Oh, I was just gonna, I, I don't know like what they're gonna do about it because like. They've killed off Chevy Chase in universe and like, you know, it's just like, I wonder if they're going to bring him back. Like, are they going to still have him in college? Are they going to do with it afterwards? Like, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Are you like an old school fan? Like when did you, or are you a product of the new streaming popularity? Uh, I watched like some of it back when it was airing, but like I, I only watched all of it when it started streaming. Yeah. I see. Okay. Okay. Interesting. This is cool. I know this show is huge. It has a lot of fans. My brother's seen, was there something like, was it Chevy Chase? Was there something like towards maybe um, in the second last season or something like an event or a change in the writers or something like that that happened that like changed the show in its final season or seasons? Am I making that up? Yeah. like So like Donald Glover left in season five. I think. That's it. That's Chevy it. Chase yeah. died. Um and just like yeah, the, 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 it undergoes a few like kind of character changes. Yeah, right. I see. I see. Because my brother really liked it, and then he just never finished it. But mm. um, yeah, Donald Glover was probably it. <laughs> that was probably the one. <laughs> yeah, and to be clear, Chevy Chase is alive. You know what I mean? Just uh, we're not breaking the news that Chevy Chase is dead. Oh, here, right. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, but uh, 
but yeah, his his character. I've seen I've seen a few episodes. He's I thought he's really funny. Um, oh yeah, he's he? Hawthorne, right? Is that yeah, his yeah, yeah. Pierce, Pierce Hawthorne. Yeah. Pierce, Pierce, Pierce. Yeah, yeah. His, yeah. Um, <laughs> like his character is just like him in real life, but just amplified to like an unacceptable degree. Because like you know, like he like he's obviously like a product of like the fifties and sixties. Yeah. Like he holds those views, and like that character is just like you know putting a megaphone into his face. You know, it's pretty. It's pretty good. I really enjoyed it. Excellent. Okay. Well, I assume this film would. I feel like this is bound to come to Netflix or at least one of the streamers. It might be one of those weird situations where, like, one of the other, like, it's on one of the streamers and then, like, another streamer buys the movie, you know? Mm. That happens sometimes. I think, I think it was on, I think it might have been, like, an NBC show in America back when it was airing. I can't recall. Oh, so, like, okay. If, if, if it goes to Peacock over there, which I, I doubt, because I doubt they're finding the movie. But, um, right. But like I don't know, it could end up there maybe. It could end up on Peacock. That means yeah. that might that'd probably go to Stan then, which is weird. That's so weird. That well, it's it's like Community was on Stan as well. Like way before it was oh. on Netflix, I think so. I see. I see. But obviously, Stan's okay. not bringing the popularity. It's it's Netflix. But yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And it's like the whole it's like the whole Breaking Bad thing, where uh, El Camino's on Netflix, but you can go watch. Oh, have you seen Breaking Bad? You need Stan for that. It's like oh right. <laughs> so yeah. All right, cool. That sounds exciting, but I'm sure it'll be good. Dan Harmon's the creator. He's not. He doesn't star in it, right? No, no. I see. Okay. We got some other quick Horizon news, Jaden, which I want to run by you. And that's the confirmation that the Horizon 2074 Netflix show is being helmed. The showrunner is the director of uh, Umbrella Academy. Uh, had you had you seen that? I can't remember. No, but that's not the vibe I want for it. <laughs> I'm sure they can uh, mix up tones, you know. I yeah, know. I'm sure, but you they'll know. be right. Um, but also the confirmation, something that we talked about prior, so I wanted to uh, get it out here, was the fact that uh, they confirmed that Aloy, it, 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 their words are Aloy is a main character, which I thought was interesting. What um, hell? Well, I mean, I guess it makes sense with... I mean, I'd always said I don't really want Aloy involved, but she is. And I guess it just uh, speaks to the timelines they're playing with that she would be the main character still of the post-apocalypse. And then we still follow a lot of pre-apocalypse stuff, you know? Hmm. So that's interesting. I don't who, know. Um, is it the, the creator of Umbrella Academy or like the who? who yeah, it? good point. I want to get that right. Because I want to Hang see on. what else this guy's done. Umbrella Academy, Steve Blackman, Steve. director. So well, what does that mean? Does that mean he's directed a couple episodes? Like, that's not really, it's kind of vague. Cre- oh, no, he corrected it. Oh, he's the creator. Yeah. Okay. He did some right. writing. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Okay. He speaks very highly of the franchise, of the games and all that. Oh, he did Fargo and Legion and Altered Carbon. He's had his share of Oh, Legion, life. dude. No, you're, yeah. you're, <laughs> you're hyped now all of a sudden. Cool. Okay. Okay. I mean, I feel like this is something that you talked about, like right when this show was announced, and I was sort of skeptical of. But it seems now, like more than more than ever, it's just they're going in the direction of Aloy being the uh, the character of the like the split timeline thing. Aloy's a main character, and Elizabeth's a main character. That sort of seems like the most obvious thing to do. Yeah, I wonder. I wonder if they're gonna. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you reckon they'll have one actress playing the two, two of them? Mm, I mean, you sort of got to. Mm. For it to make any sense, really. 
That, that That'd the- be cool. I think that's I think that's kind of unique though. Like I don't know, maybe I'm totally blanking, but I feel like like that is quite unique to TV in terms of like I don't know of any other show that does something like that where it, you know it's the clone of and you sort of follow the same actress in different times. Like that's kind of cool. Yeah. Always yeah. Fun, and I think that's a good direction to take the show overall because like seeing the parallels between the two, I feel like is a lot more interesting to dive into on TV compared to, as I've said, like Aloy is like a cool character, but she's like a video game ass character. Like I don't really need a show about Aloy, but if they, if they can sort of compare her with Elizabeth and dive into the character that way, that's sort of, I can see that opening up and making more sense. Fill some, they need to fill some episode times, you know. Do you reckon Carrie Ann Moss would rock up? That'd be cool. That'd be cool. Why not? Sure. Honestly, she could be like a main character of it, to be honest, as well. I mean, in, even uh, in the even in the pre, yeah, in the in the pre, yeah, is what I'm talking totally. about. Yeah, 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 absolutely. That's always the stuff. That's always the stuff I, I like the most in the games too. So if they just lean into that hard, that's awesome. Hmm. And I think it'd also be more interesting um, for like a general audience as well to sort of see this not so distant future dealing with you know, climate change and all that sort of shit. Like, I feel like that's more poignant and interesting compared to, like, the the post-apocalypse is much more interesting for a game because you get to, like, run around it and, and explore the world. But the on post, TV, I feel like... The po- yeah, 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 absolutely, yeah. That, I feel like that makes more sense for a game and then going pre makes more sense for a show. So, I, I don't mm. know. They seem to be making the right choices. Jan's banned the show, but it's okay. Get Fitzy back in now for our highlights yeah. of the week. Woo! Fitzy, what have you been watching? Do you want me to talk about Six Feet Under or Nope? Because I don't know how much I want to say about Nope. It's kind of, it's like Is Six Feet Under the Ryan bit. Reynolds one? Fuck no. No. What am it's, I thinking um, of? I don't know, but it's definitely not Ryan Reynolds. Okay. There's a Ryan Reynolds show where he's buried underground and it's called something like that. Anyway, I'm sorry. I know the show oh, you're six, talking about now. Are you talking about Six Under, the Michael Bay movie? Um, no, no, I'm talking about Buried. I'm sorry. I'm talking about Buried. buried. Uh, please, I know the show you're talking about. Hmm. Is that Ryan Reynolds in Buried? Yes. Okay. Mm. Interesting. Um. Yeah, what should I talk about? I don't know. You're talking because... about Six Feet Under? Yeah. I'm determining that. So I finished Six Feet Under. It's been a journey. It's been a five or six year journey. Oh. Through trying to finish the show. Um, but yeah, Six Feet Under is amazing. I think it's like the best, like just plain like drama TV show. Yeah, like there are, there are other like, like the other like masterpiece, you know, masterpiece label TV shows that are more like exciting, you know, like Sopranos, Breaking Bad and stuff, but. I think just pure, like, you know, life relationship dramas is, like, um, the best, the best, the most, like, real feeling of just, yeah, best writing and, like, acting and shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, like, I guess, like, I mean, the most obvious themes are, like, like, uh, mortality and stuff. Like, every episode starts with, like, um, a death. I guess is like a funny or interesting death at the start of every episode where like like that person goes to the funeral home then that's like the center of the show um and yeah it just follows like this one family and like 
Riker also, who like works at the funeral home. And yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, that's what I mean by like, it's the most like plain, like drama kind of, it's very plain drama. Like there's nothing, there's nothing really different about it. Like, they're not, you know, they're not monsters. They're not violent people. They're not, you know, different in any way. Um, and like the fact that the show is so like successful, given that there's no like twist to it or anything is like, yeah, really amazing. But, um, like, I guess the themes kind of, they kind of develop like the, like some, yeah, like the characters lives, they do send, there are some deaths and stuff and the show centers around death in that way, but it also kind of becomes about change. I mean, especially in season five, it becomes like, oh, like it's, it's so like, I don't know, like some of the characters like go through so much and it's like kind of just, yeah, it's about like, I don't know, it kind of becomes about suffering as well. Um, but yeah, the show is really amazing. I definitely recommend it. Yeah. Awesome. I've just added it to my watch list because I know you've talked about it before, but it's just totally, I never see it come up in like favorite TV uh, show of all time conversations, but it's got an incredible score here. So I'm like, dude, why? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, the show is popular, no doubt, but I, just, I, I don't know why. Like I've just never hear it yeah. talked about don't it. Don't look up anything about it because like, I got spoiled for something. So. Oh, cool. No, no, no. It's all good. I've just added it to the watch list there. Oh, this shit's awesome. old. I thought you meant like it was a running thing. Oh, no, no. I was just like, like, that's the thing. Like with The Wire and this show, like I definitely have started and stopped it like multiple times. I think that's because other of them are like, both of them are like amazing in, like in every way. But it's like, they're not as like, you require, they require a lot of attention. And also they're not as like immediately gripping or exciting as like, you know, Breaking Bad or something. Just because, right. like, what I'm talking about, like, there's no, like, you know, massive plot or anything. That makes sense. That makes sense for sure. It's like why Jaden refuses to watch The Irishman, you know? Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. Honestly, yeah. Um, I haven't really got anything except to say, I'll just quickly, I finished season one of Succession, so I feel like I can, you know, finish the season, I can say something. Um, Oh, dude, this show's incredible. It's like, it's definitely in the conversation one of my favorite shows of all time already. I'm just like so into it. And I, I just, I don't know, like everyone knows this, obviously. It's winning all the, you know, nominated for all the Emmys and has won Emmys and shit. But I don't know, I just feel like it's so well acted and written that like pretty much every scene has me physically react in some way, which is like something I've, even for my favorite shows, like, it doesn't really happen. Like usually I'll just sit there in like, you know, in this quiet, engagement and enjoyment but like every scene almost has something where i like either laugh or cringe or like get excited or like i don't know it's like it has me up and about it just it just it just speaks to the quality of it i think where like every scene clearly has such a uh is in designed to elicit such a reaction from the audience and it just nails it every time like there's never a scene where i'm like oh i think i was meant to find that funny but i didn't like that never happens um so yeah it's awesome i can't wait to keep going Jaden, what about you I started watching this show called um called Evil on 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 Stan. I, I thought it was gonna, you, you know how there's like there's a there's a, there's a clear distinction between like network shows and streaming shows, right? I thought this was a streaming show, but it's it's a Paramount because it's a Paramount Plus show. But watching this, I realized oh. that Paramount Plus is just network TV, just on fucking you know Paramount Plus. Um, so it's it's way more networky than I expected it to be. But like I, it's like the first three episodes, which, which is how far I've watched is still good like it's good enough for me to watch um uh it stars um Karcher Herbers who um 
who was in Westworld, she played um Ed Harris's daughter. Oh yeah. Um, and she's like a psychologist, and she's she's a forensic psychologist, some shit like that. And she teams up with a priest and a Muslim hacker, and they go around investing in, in investigating like miracles and possessions and shit like that for the church, and trying to like you know determine if they're real or not. And um, oh, interesting. And it's pretty it's, it's pretty decent. And there's like a there's a, there's, a, there's an okay horror element to it. Like like I started because it's because it's horror television. There's very very rare is that horror television that's actually good um so i thought here we'll give this a go because three seasons in so it's going to be you know if it's been greenlit this long then something must be right um and there is this is there's this like each episode has this like cool like sleep paralysis segment so far with her and this demon and it's 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 pretty campy and cheesy kind of but like it's still like got a decent amount of you know, terror to kind of carry through to the point where, like, that night I was like, shit, am I going to see this kind? I was like... <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's okay. Um, but, yeah, so that's what I'll be investing time into for a while. Interesting. Is it, like, 26 episodes a season? No, nah, it's... Um, first season's 13, so I assume it's going to be similar to that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, okay. Oh, it just, like, it just feels so networking. If you, if you watch any of it, you'll see what I mean. Right, but you like Doctor Who, so you're in... But yeah, like but that's another thing. UK network and US network is once again very oh, different. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I get that. I respect network TV. I'm not going to lie. I don't watch a ton of it. I'm talking about network dramas, to be clear. Um, I, I respect them. Like, I, there was an episode of Law and Order SVU on. Um, I like watched. I don't know probably like most of it a couple of weeks ago. And I was just sitting there, sort of like I haven't watched one of these in like ten years, and I was just watching, it and I'm like, I'm impressed by this, to be honest. Like they pump one of these out a week. And it's pretty good. Like, like it's not, you know, I'm not going to sit there and like watch the whole thing or anything in terms of like the whole series, but I'm like, it's well acted. It's like got an interesting plot that keeps you guessing. And it's like, you know, it looks pretty decent. I'm like, yeah, like you can't really complain with it, which the, you know, the efficiency they put these ads, pretty impressive actually. Mm. So I respect that. As always, now we hand the show over to you with our question of the show. Last week we asked you, uh, which European city best lends itself to action sequences? Um, now, there was a riot in the Discord that uh, came after <laughs> we asked this question. A lot of dissent amongst our loyal followers, you know, a bit of disloyalty brewing to the surface, which I didn't really appreciate, and I came close to a lot of bands, but... We got some answers that were semi-acceptable in the end. So, you know, I'm happy to read those out and sort of, you know, let the peasants just behave as they were, you know, leave them be. Aiden said, Italy and France are often used in Bond films, no? Uh, yeah, I would say so. Right? France? Well, Italy's in uh, Spectre. No time to die as well. Yeah. Isn't that opening... Town. Yeah. So, what about France, though? I feel, I feel, I feel like I'm. Is that where Casino Royale is? No, Casino Royale's in Italy too. Damn. No, Casino Royale's in Monaco. No. Oh yeah, sorry. And then, but they go to Venice at the end. Yeah, and Monaco okay. is practically France anyway. It's like, yeah, like, sure. Yeah. So yes, absolutely, absolutely. Kilometers. Like uh, yeah. Uh, I know you want a city, but my overseas knowledge is about as good as a nun at Alley Cats. I don't, I don't, Jad, I don't get that expression. What does that mean? 
Nelly goes to the strip club in Geelong. So he's saying, what good's another oh, strip club? Oh, yeah. about as good as another strip club. Okay, I yeah. like that. That's a good one. I, I was not familiar with Alley Cats, but I am now. Mm. And I might uh, look into that later. Uh, Luke said, I couldn't think of one of uh, <laughs> one off the top of my head. So I Googled action set piece in a European city and got pictures of soccer. So maybe you can guess an answer on my behalf. No, I really can't. Like, it's just soccer. It's just we've played everywhere. What does he mean? Is he trying to get at London or something? I don't know, man. I have no idea what you're on about, Luke. Sorry. I think Pink Panther 2 has a set piece at, at a French stadium, so maybe he's talking about that. Pink, yeah, sure. Excellent. I'm sure he loves Pink Panther 2. Good on you, Luke. Mm. Love that for you. Um, but, uh, I, I mean, I can also just completely make up that your answer is intended to be London, in which case that's a pretty good answer because uh, Mission Impossible, Rogue Nation, and Fallout have cool sequences in London. So I'm happy with that. But to be clear, that's not your answer, but I'm just sort of making it up that it is. Andy said, I would say Hong Kong because that's the home of action flicks. But do cities in formerly British colonized countries count as a European city? Obviously fucking not. No. No. (laughs) Thank you. I just wanted to make sure we all got that in. Uh, It's going to be an easy no, but thought I would put a dream city out there anyway. My alternative choice for a European city that lends itself well would be Berlin in Germany. No reason. I think it looks cool for shooting great action scenes. A lot of Turks live there, so there's going to be a lot of promising tension with its scale and whatnot. Most likely explosions inside coffee shops or a library. <coughs> water. Water. I was about to say thank you, Andy, but I don't think I should. Okay. Now we go to our answers for the best question we've ever asked. <laughs> Jaden. Yeah, tough one, isn't it? Um, I was hoping to come into this week with with a, with an interesting answer. Or something. I was like, oh, yeah, you know, bloody, you know, Endor or Lavella or some shit like that. But, like, I don't know. It's just Paris, in it? It's just mm. Paris just lends itself so well to that stuff. You know, Mission Impossible Fallout and, I don't know, Bastille Day. And, and it's just a great combination of just... You know, just using public spaces and just, you know, just the historic look and just, you know, blending that shit, you know. Uh, yeah, Paris yeah. is great. Yeah. yeah, I totally agree. Now, just because I don't want to be an idiot, Paris is like where the second act is, right? Yeah, where they get short and Harris out. Yes, yes, incredible. Like, th- that is that is in my top three action sequences of all time. So, like, by default, it's there. Um, but also, I genuinely do feel like the following motorcycle chase that Tom Cruise just like darts around the city on, like does does really le- like do justice to the city. And like I think of the city when I think of that scene. Like it's not just like oh we're in some generic place. Like like as much as I love some of the Bourne films, like those car sequences, I never really think of like they're never synonymous with the city in my brain. Like the Paris one is. Except I just had to question if it actually was in Paris, so maybe I'm lying. <laughs> but um, yeah, yeah, no, t- I totally agree with that. It's a great answer, Liam. I don't know. Let me research this question. Um, I guess Paris is. Yeah, the car chase in Bourne is in Paris. I mean, in Identity, I feel like that's kind of. Oh, it was too. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Paris. I don't know. Yeah. Wow. Okay. What about Moscow? Isn't that in? 
that's in Supremacy? Or was that in... No, that's in Supremacy, right? It's when in, they um, drive yeah. around Moscow? It's in Ghost Protocol. It is in Ghost Protocol too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. God, that's a good sequence. Isn't that the one where they, they put up like the projected wall? Yeah. In the hallway? Oh, that's yeah. awesome. I love that. That's great. Where does he escape from the, the prison? At the start of Ghost Protocol. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know Is that like an Eastern European? No, I think it's Russian, yeah. Very good. All right. There you go. Are you happy now? God, dude, this next question, I, I, I think it's a pretty good question this week. But, it, I mean, if everyone writes again, then we might have to, to cancel the segment, you know. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. As always, we love you to submit your questions, thoughts, reviews for next week's film in the YouTube comments section. Send us a DM on Instagram. Join the Discord, and as long as you don't riot, you won't be banned. Uh, this week, we're asking you, which masterclass would you watch first? Now, I feel like it's sort of poorly worded because it needs like a preface. You know, which everyone- Which masterclass do you most want to watch? Yeah, yeah, no, that's much better. Yeah, thank you. So, everyone, you know the masterclass website? You can go there and get like courses from like famous people, basically, in all different fields. You got to, if you don't know off the top of your head, like you haven't been advertised, I have been advertised a bunch by these people. But if you haven't, go and have a look and there's some bangers in there. For sure, there's going to be something that appeals to you. But let us know which one. Jane, I've already forgotten how you just said it, but I need to write it down. Which masterclass do you most want to watch or some shit? Do you most want to watch or some shit? Yeah, very good. We all know what Spooky's going to write. Like he's going to put in that exact copy, copy pasta he's put in for like the past fucking, you know, seven answers that he's used it for. No, the Hans Zimmer one. Oh, of course. I I didn't even, dude. I did. I completely forgot Hans Zimmer had a masterclass. Like five others came to mind first. This is why this is a good question. Other than Spooky's hands is going to be not good, but or it might make me laugh actually. But um, there are a lot of quality answers. Considering I didn't even think of Hans Zimmer. Are you kidding me? Oh my god. Okay. So yeah, there's going to be something for you. Maybe a bit of Gordon Ramsay flavor. I know Liam wants to be rich like Richard Branson, so, you know, there's a lot of options out there depending on what your life ambitions are. So let us know. Let us know what your life ambitions are too. All right, that's it for this week's episode of Cinema Effect. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Fitzy, what are we doing next week? Um, 13 Lives, which is on Prime. And it's uh, a movie, not a documentary, but a a movie, a, a fictitious, I mean, maybe not fictitious, but... It's a movie based on the Thai cave rescue. Is, is yeah. there's an actual documentary that released like around this time as well, right? Called yeah, Thai I've cave seen rescue. It. Yeah, yeah. The rescue. I've seen the rescue. Who yeah. oh, yeah. wants to watch the boring documentary with the real people when you can watch goddamn Viggo Mortensen on screen, bro? Come on, mm. Are you kidding me? I could spoil the whole movie right now. Though. Oh, yeah. I maybe. think we all followed the news story, Liam. I think we all know how the movie's going <laughs> to... <laughs> I, I didn't follow this. No? Okay. Well, you was... hadn't heard of that, Tyra Cave Rescue? Oh, of course I heard of it, but, like, every detail wasn't, you know... I didn't know every detail when the, when it came out, you know? Right. Okay. All right. Interesting. I mean, I wonder who's going to play Elon Musk in the film. That's my question. Tom Cruise. That's what I'm excited about. Tom Cruise. <laughs> nice. Awesome. I can't wait for that cameo. All right. We'll see everyone then. Thanks, Jane and Liam, for joining me as always. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in once again. We'll see you next week, maybe, and goodbye.